0: Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies.
1: You're listening to The Jan Price Show, and today my guest is director, producer, writer Tom Dolby. He's a triple threat, and we're talking about his brand new movie, The Artist Weiss. Welcome to the show, Tom.
0: Thank you. Thanks so much.
1: It's a pleasure having you here. This is just a, a lovely, lovely film, and what a great cast. What a great cast. You have Lena Olin and Bruce Stern. What could be better?
0: Yeah, we were, we were so lucky to get them. They have incredible chemistry together as a uh, husband and wife.
1: They truly do. They truly do in this movie, and I want to get into more about the performances. Um, can you just tell our audience a little bit? Uh, what the synopsis of The Artist's Wife is.
0: The film is about a couple living in the Hamptons. They're both artists, but he is a very famous artist, Richard Smithson, and uh, his uh, his wife, Claire, has given up her career for many years to support him and and be by his side, and he develops, is, is developing very early stages of dementia, and so as she is realizing this, she's also realizing she has this urge within her to revisit her own artistic career? So it's really about that double that double journey uh, that happens when we have a tragedy in our life and how we can try to make something good come out of it.
1: And it's a be- it's a beautiful performance by Lena Olin. It's one of the uh, best performances she's had in years, and I loved how you focused on her. Her even though it's her husband who's the famous artist who is going through dementia, um, this isn't a movie about dementia. It's not a movie about Alzheimer's. It's a, a movie about a woman. I mean, for me, you know, at watching it obviously is about this woman's journey of rediscovery of herself in her midlife. And I, I loved that because I am I'm, I'm beginning to see more movies about this. And maybe it's because we have such a plethora of uh, wonderful actresses that uh, are, are, are in midlife. And so usually in the past, lots of times their careers were done and over with and they got character roles but um i just recently had uh, the director of the susan sarandon's new film that was on the show um blackbird and so it's lovely to be to be seeing this it seems like a renaissance uh, uh
0: yeah we have if i can say i mean we have so many wonderful actresses but also i feel like in our culture today how many how many incredibly strong women do we have i mean i think about nancy pelosi all the time for example or you know or even even Kamala Harris is a woman, a woman who's over fifty, who's entering an incredible chapter in her in her life. Um, So I think it's really rich material to explore.
1: Exactly, and I love how you are exploring this. (laughs) And so this movie is deeply personal for you too, isn't it?
0: It is. I experienced my own father having dementia right around the time when I was coming up with the, the concept for the movie, and so that really that that impulse to in, to include the dementia as an important. Uh, sort of plot point um, really, really came about then. And I saw what my mother had gone through in terms of supporting my dad and how that journey was, was very lonely and very difficult at first when you don't know if your spouse is just acting a little strangely because he's getting older or if it really is something more serious. Um, and I think given that that is such a lonely journey, it was very important for us to show that on screen. And I I really hope people will see it and, and be inspired by it and, and feel like they're less alone in, in whatever they might be going through, whether whether it's supporting a spouse with dementia or, or some other ailments, you know, or just the, the normal tribulations of, of getting older it's, are difficult. Right. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> right. And, you know, and they um it, it it it's also a, you know there's a there's a part of this film that also is interesting about redemption you know that the relationship Bruce Dern has an estranged daughter and um do you want to talk a little bit about that and and how that played so significantly significantly in this film
0: yes i had i had noticed an interesting thing with my father where he had he didn't have an estranged family but he he had the desire to sort of revisit the past whether it was talking about it or even like can we go back to that place i remember this you know and it would be like someplace from 40 years ago or something and so that was partially how this idea of um of Bruce's character um came into being in terms of um, Claire going into the city and trying to reconnect with Angela and discovering that that uh her that Bruce has or that Richard has a grandson, um which was you know an incredible discovery. She did they were so estranged that she didn't they didn't even know about this. Um so it really is a beautiful thing and it's not you know it's not easy because the, the daughter does not exactly welcome her or him with open arms. It takes her a while to get used to the idea that he might be back in her life.
1: Yeah. It was very, very touching and very, and and it's just really well done too, because it's not, this movie is not um, syrupy or sappy or anything like that. It's real. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's um, the, there's a, 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 a true realism in this film, which I, I, I really appreciate it, because so many of them can fall into, you know, more of a maudlin type of scenario, and this film does not do that with any of the relationships. You know, they're very, mm-hmm. very real. I also, I, I, I have to applaud um, Stephanie Powers, who we have not seen in a film in a long, long time, um, and Lena Olin, Olin, who is, was both of them were willing to show a more mature woman's body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, Go ahead, yeah. Tell, talk about that, that was that was a really you
0: know it, and it was interesting that this theme has come through because it wasn't we didn't you know as we wrote the script we didn't set out to say like oh let's come up with as many scenes for where people can take their clothes off as possible but you know in terms of of the plot and just normal life you know we show a, a mature relationship and the fact that people people still go to bed and people have sex and 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 that's a beautiful thing and you know have a scene where you know they're getting they're getting ready for this. She's actually going to take a nap. And it's very cute because he, say, he says, oh, I, I think a nap is out. You know, he has something else in mind. And you know, <laughs> he's, about, he's about 80 years old. But I mean, we all still have our desires. And I, I love that we could acknowledge that in a movie. And, um, you know, Lena is just it's just stunning. But I think at, at any age, it takes some courage just to, to show yourself, you know, in your in your underwear. And uh, and then with with Stephanie, it was also just, you know, playing this character who, is a performance artist who's very free with her body. And we we loved the idea that she was, you know, who she was shedding her clothes for this sort of artistic photo shoot and she's standing right next to all these models who are in their 20s, you know, and she looks absolutely gorgeous. But there's something so, it's not just that she looks gorgeous, there's something so freeing I think about her, her feeling the um the power and, and the freedom to do that.
1: I agree, I agree. And, you know, so often, every again, I, I I felt that was very brave of uh, both of these women uh, to to do this. Uh, I really did. And they both look stunning. They absolutely, absolutely stunning. So, you know, I think for a lot of uh, women who are uh, in mid-age, it gives us encouragement you don't have to let yourself go and you can still look great after all these years. So let's talk about the casting. How did you, because these are two actors who are in their prime as far, I mean, even stern has been around for so long and he's such an excellent, excellent actor as we've seen over and over and over again, but still uh, making movies at, at his stage in life and Lena Olin, who we have not seen in quite a while, I think, on the screen uh also is, is a superb actress. So, the, And their chemistry is really wonderful in this film. So talk a little bit about how you attracted each one of them to this movie. Yeah, we
0: uh, we went out to to Lena with the script. And she she just really connected to it. Um, it was interesting. She was in Sweden at the time. She lives most of the time in New York. But she was in Stockholm doing a, a theater production. And she hadn't done, it's kind of interesting, she hadn't done theater in a while. So perhaps the idea of new, new beginnings and new challenges were were kind of on her mind and so she was reading the script and uh and really connected with it and said that that uh, she wanted to do it and so we started talking and you know as you as you build this as a director and with my casting director we you're sort of building out a family and so you think okay well who would have who would have possible chemistry you know with this person or whatever um, and and so I thought of I thought of Bruce and I've always yeah, admired him, and uh, his daughter Laura Dern was actually a big, a big fan of the script and of my work, as I am of hers. Um, mm-hmm. And but we went to Bruce, and it was great because I texted Laura that day, and I said, "Well, we went, we went out to your dad for Richard," and she said, "Oh, I'm going to call him immediately. He has to do this." So it was wonderful <laughs> to get that support. But uh, you know, just the first, the first day on set was incredible because you have two, especially with a, a, an indie film shooting schedule, you have two people, you have two actors. Who've never worked together, never even met each other. And, you know, they're thrust in, they maybe they get to five minutes or something to chat, and then you get to they get to the set and uh, and and they have to do, you know, they do their first scene. And I think one of the first scenes we shot was like right towards the end of the movie. And it became very clear as the day went on, it was like, wow, there is there is some crackling chemistry between them. It was it just that uh, they both have this feistiness and this sort of life force that is actually very useful in a sense in that they're they're just both very passionate about life and they brought they brought that to their characters and it had it had an incredible chemistry and in how they interacted with each other
1: they they really do and that's very you know the, it's definitely on the screen that that great chemistry what i also liked about what you did with this uh with lena olin's character you know you didn't make her um because she decided to give up she was also an artist and and gave up her her artistic career to support her husband and his endeavors, you don't feel like um, that she is a weak character. Because she chose to do this, you know, that, you know, you don't feel like you have to have sympathy for her in that sense of, you know, um, women who give up their careers, you know, people, they, sometimes they can fall into again, a stereotype of, you know, feeling unfulfilled and, and not happy with their lives and everything. And you don't get that sense with this character. She, she made that choice and is happy with her choice. Uh it's in this film. But what is And what is, it's she's she until she, if I could say that. She
0: sort yeah. of he made the choice many years ago, I think because of necessity and and I think perhaps she was intimidated by the art world, and then her husband's career was taking off, and there was sort of a financial necessity, as we've seen with so many artists, with you know Lee Krasner and Jackson Pollock. She was she was like his business manager. I mean, he couldn't he couldn't function without her, you know, being there. And so she, Lee Krasner, had to had to give up her her career in a sense for many years, or or slow down at least. Um, but I do, yeah, I do sense that Claire uh, Lena's character made the choice and was content with it for many years until until suddenly she's not something just kind of she feels an internal pull to to get back to painting and she has to honor that
1: yes but it's the it's, it's, it's i think that you know for the, watching it obviously the trigger is what's going on with her husband um you know he because he's going into the past because of his dementia
0: Yes, abs- absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, you really do have this sort of dual impulse to it, it's almost it's almost tying up loose, en- loose ends. I mean, that's a very simplistic way, perhaps, of, of putting it. But it is, you know, in, in reconnecting with the estranged daughter and getting to know the the grandson and then her going back to, you know, to her creative past. It's uh I, it's a beautiful thing i mean we should all be so lucky as to be able to do that in you know in our third act if you will
1: exactly and and then yet at the end of the film and i don't want to give away the end of the film she she really it's it, a, tr- a true act of love at the end of the film because she subjugates i mean she has rediscovered her her artist artistic talent but she subjugates that for her husband I hope i'm not giving any i'm not really giving anything away i hope <laughs> and and that's a real act of true, deep love because she came, you know, it's it's she came out of it's love without the ego involved. It's ego less, which is a beautiful thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, you know, I think of caring for caring for somebody with a, a disease like dementia, uh, somebody who is your spouse. I mean, it, it is so egoless, and it is so there is there is a sense of sacrifice. And yet I don't think if this is something Lena has talked about a lot in Q&A is at film festivals and so forth um this i she she never saw it as sacrifice she did see it like you like you're saying as an act of love and as as an act of devotion and it doesn't mean she'll always she'll always do it you know here we're being very mysterious about what she does <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's fine. Uh, the movie to, uh, to to see what happens at the end. But I think it is a really beautiful thing. And in talking to people in, in, in that community and our, our neurologist consultant said, you know, she does, her character does exactly what the spouse is supposed to do in this situation as you protect the dignity of the person that you love. And I think that's a really beautiful thing.
1: It is a beautiful thing. It, it is a beautiful thing. And then that's what makes the movie a beautiful movie. A, a good movie for me is one where I feel uh, obviously emotionally moved some way, you know, whether it's just a comedy, whether, you know, laughing and it's a funny movie or w- whatever it's supposed to be. But this movie, I did, you know, I did cry at the end. Um, uh, but more importantly, the movie lingered with me. It was one of those movies where, you know, sometimes you see a movie and they say, Oh, that was good, you know, and then that's it. But this movie, um, lingered with me. It's one I kept thinking about, you know, and, and going back to and, you know, and just not just because we were going to do this interview today, but, um, but because it just, it it stayed with me. I thought it was just beautifully done. The cinematography, let's talk about that a little bit. And the house. Loved, loved, loved the house. <laughs> and how did you find that house?
0: You know, it's really funny. The house actually used to be owned by some friends of mine like god, like more than 15 years ago and um they had actually sold it, but it it had, it had always been in my head as sort of the, you know, when you write a screenplay and you're working with your collaborators, you have kind of an imaginary house in your mind, but you sometimes ground it in like an actual house that you know. And so that was always the house that I imagined them being in. And we looked at all these modern houses and we finally circled back and it was like, why don't we check out? You know who, um, who in uh, who like whether this house is whether the, these owners would be would be willing to um, to rent it out. And as as luck had it, they were away for the winter, and they were very very willing to uh, to let us inhabit their house for a few weeks.
1: How wonderful! Now, did you shoot the interior scenes also in the house, or was that because I know that you had lots of at the in the credits a lot of different locations. So they, I was curious as to what was shot where. So with like the Christmas scene, was that filmed inside yeah. the house? Yes, yeah, we did every everything that you see inside
0: the house is actually inside the house. And that's always yeah, you know, it's always such a great thing. It's it is it's challenging to do because you're in a very tight space. Um you don't have, you know, the luxury of being on a sound stage. Um but you get you get such a beautiful sense of realism. I mean that day that those that shots near the end of the film when it's snowing outside, mm. that was a day when it just was coming the snow was coming down and we hadn't even planned those moments, but I, um, I had them call over to. The, we had sort of a holding house next door where everybody was was staying and had their dressing rooms and so forth. And uh, I said, just you know, just bring Lena over. And you know, the costume people said, well, what what do we put her in? I said, doesn't it doesn't matter? Just any of the sweaters, you know. We had so many, <laughs> had so many sweaters because it was a winter movie. Any of the sweaters, and we just shot those really quiet moments. And I I didn't know exactly where they would go in the film, but. It, they they're so perfect at the end when she makes that important decision. Um, so you get you get that luxury in when you're shooting in a real in a real location. that we did we did shoot some some of the gallery stuff and some of the museum stuff on a stage, uh, which was also fun. You have a certain freedom with that as well. Um, but yeah, the locations were really important. It's such a visual film. It's so it's you know being about visual art. It really working with our cinematographer. We we just felt it was so important that every frame of the film be you know like a beautiful photograph or a beautiful painting.
1: And it is. It truly is. And I I love the fact that you filmed it in the winter. Now I live. I'm from the East Coast. I'm from the New York area, Uh east, you know, New York, New Jersey area. And I miss winter. And I love snow. Everybody thinks I'm nuts, but I do. And now being in California, uh, I miss it. So I, I was just like, oh, I'm so, I'm so nice to see snow. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's just good i always go to sundance every year so i can get my snow fix for a week uh just to get oh, you know back out great. there again but i love that you did an, and also the symbolism of that too that you know the symbolism yes. of the winter uh was it was very it was perfect i don't know were you planning on filming it in the winter or were you just decided to film it in the winter because that house was available in the winter
0: no, we, we absolutely were planning on doing it in the winter, and that was a challenge. I, you know, I kind of setting out and, and, and writing the script with my co-writers, We, I think we didn't quite realize what a challenge that would be. And, you know, you're, you're also not guaranteed snow every single day that you shoot. So some days we had to bring in artificial snow. Uh, you know, it was, but, you know, it was important that it was this sort of landscape just blanketed in white, and that it absolutely is like you're saying, a metaphor for, for what what's going on in inside his
1: head. Mm-hmm. hmm And also the, the the spring is coming in the rebirth. Yes you know, to for Lena's character, you know, being reborn, uh, uh, definitely from that too. I, I also the score, t- let's talk about the score. Cause I love that. And I love the, uh, that you, at the end, you had the wonderful Carol King, um, singing. So let's talk about the score a little bit.
0: Yes. I, um, I worked with Jeff Grace, the, the, our composer on, on score. And he was, he was really incredible. And we wanted this sort of minimalist, min- minimalist sense, um, you know it being winter it it just felt like we wanted to kind of keep keep the score relatively simple um but then we also had a lot of fun in terms of the source music like the like the Carol King song at the end which i which i just love um and credits um and you know bringing in i felt like we wanted to bring in music from all different eras because i felt like when you have you have a mature couple and then you have this issue of dementia and we've talked about going back to the past they're sort of bringing in they have influences from every era In their lives, Um, so I love that. I love that idea that you know some of the music might have been something she listened to, you know, when she was in college or when she was in her thirties or whatever. Um, And the Carol King song is it's a it's a cute story. Um, We had gone to her uh, through her agents or her manager, I think, and had not had not gotten an answer, and we were kind of waiting, like, oh, should we ask again? And one of my producers says, just have Tom write one of his letters. And I'm sort of famous for writing these letters to like actors and I guess now (laughs) musicians. And so I wrote this sort of fan letter letters to Carol King and said, I just love this song, and I love you, and I've listened to you since I was, you know, 10 years old, and my mom played your songs in the car. And the next day, we got word, Carol, Carol is happy to let you use this, and, you know, it was a reasonable price, and uh, we were just so lucky to, to have her, because to me, she is such a symbol of exactly what the movie is about. Somebody who is still creating, at you know, at this stage in her career, and that's so exciting.
1: Yes, very definitely. It was a great way. Okay, I gotta talk about your end credits, because ever since I when I was a child um, my older brother had a friend who was an actor firing actor and he he told me when I was 10 you know the movie's not over until all of the credits have run and and so i have been an avid credit watcher for since i was 10 years old i the movie's not over until the credits have run and so when i go to the movies with friends when we ever go back to the movie theater again (laughs) but (laughs) i always tell my friends like you know whoever i'm going to see the movie with i always stay for the credits so if you don't want to stay you go leave but and i'll meet you later but i love the way you did these credits it was because well for so many reasons it was very creative the way you did the cre- credits but it was so easy to read too than just oh. <laughs> scrolling you know the way where they always you know just scroll but it, you they gave you something to look at the artist rendition of these characters in the movie uh, but the colors and the way you cut it up into blocks so it was very readable and you know you paid more attention to each of the each person that was involved with this movie which i which is great because that's what, why you want to stay you want to honor them because it's movie yeah. is a, you know putting a movie together is a definitely a major project with multiple people so who came up with the idea of doing the squares and the colors and everybody stay definitely watch the credits <laughs> yeah
0: i i i did actually <laughs> I can take credit for that. Um I and you know it was funny when I sort of explained this con- the concepts to to everyone it was like okay we're not totally sure what you're talking about. What do you mean different colors and like it divides down the middle? And I just had this idea it's like okay we start we're starting our opening credits with the the red and the yellow and the blue and it's very simple and primary colors and then I just said I want the end to be like this explosion of color and and these um these illustrations that uh, have a sort of retro feel to them, but also mm-hmm. felt felt very realistic. and so they sort of take you through a little bit of the journey of the film and kind of you know I loved exactly what you're saying. I'm so glad that that was your experience because I think every everyone who worked on the film is so important. and so you know having a little bit of that content of the different illustrations going by, um, you know, I think that makes it an enjoyable experience for people.
1: It- It really does. And I love the fact that it ends with you and your parents and who you dedicated it to. So I just love it. Where can people see this movie? And everybody should seek it out. Where can people find this movie, Tom?
0: Yes, you can. uh, You can see it on demand. Uh, It's on uh, Amazon and on Apple TV, iTunes. um, And you can also see it through virtual cinema platforms, which is sort of a new thing. Um, Movie chains are doing their own online streaming Um, And we have those all collected. If you go to the artists wife tickets.com, you can go to that website and um, enter in what city you're in. Or we also have links to to Amazon and, and iTunes and everything. And you can see it on whatever platform you want.
1: Wonderful. Everybody seek out the artist's wife. Tom, thank you so much for being on the show. What a pleasure to talk with you.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
1: You're welcome. You can listen to the jam price show whenever and wherever you can go to the jam price show.com where all my shows are archived you can also go to the iheart podcast network spotify apple podcast google play and please go to the jam price show on facebook and like our show and follow us there and you can follow us on instagram and twitter at the jam price show thank you for listening jam price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business the jam price show all about movies